Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show yet again. I'm your host, Kira Mack, and delighted, as always, that you've been able to tune in with us for today's show. Now, before we do get into the top stories doing the rounds here in Thailand, don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the channel, and give us an old share on social media if you can. If you like listening to us on a podcast player, there's a link down below in the description where you'll find all the podcast players where we are located. And finally, if you do get some value from this show, if you'd like to support the show, you can do do so by clicking the link for buymeacoffee.com down below in the description and you can donate a coffee to the show. Now, now that's all said and done, let's jump into the top five stories during the rounds here today in Thailand. Workers march to demand higher pay. Labour advocates and human rights activists converged on Government House on Monday, calling on the government to raise the daily minimum wage to 700 baht and set up a fund to support laid-off workers. The protesters, led by political activists Samyat Pratikatsamuk and Tanaporn Wichien, marched to the Pichanaluk Mansion and Government House in an effort to push their proposals to the government. According to Ms. Tanaporn, the proposal contained ideas which wouldn't only improve labourers' welfare, but also increase their bargaining power with their employers. If approved, she said, the proposal will not only allow workers to cover their daily living costs, but also better protect their rights as an employee, noting current rules do not provide sufficient protection for workers. A different group, led by the Labour Congress of Thailand, also organised a march on Monday, which started at Rangsan Bridge to Longkhan Moang in front of City Hall. After praising the Ministry of Labour's work over the past two and a half years, The LCT president read out the group's seven demands, which include the establishment of risk insurance for workers and allowing subscribers to monitor the performance of the state's social security scheme for workers. The group also urged increasing pension payouts from 3,000 to 5,000 baht a month in order to better match the real expenditure of the average labourer. Furthermore, they asked the government to sign two international labour organisation conventions and follow up on the government's promise to increase the daily wage to 425 baht per day, which is made ahead of the 2019 election, he said. Now, I think we covered that in the last show as well. In the last general election campaign, similar promises were made by several parties. The ruling Palang Pracharat party pledged to raise the daily wage to between 400 and 425 baht, a promise which has yet to be fulfilled. Meanwhile, Putai back then promised voters it would increase the amount to 400 baht per day. Labour Minister Suchar Chamklin promised that the ministry would implement all the proposals if he was selected to return to office. He also said the ministry is looking into raising the pension payout. So more typical kind of nonsense from politicians. You were elected under a manifesto where you said you would raise the daily wage to f- between 400 and 425. You had four years to do it and you never did it. And you're saying, well, if you elect me again, if I get back into government, well, I will do it this time. Well, there's nothing to think that you would do it this time. In essence, you, you lied to the people. You didn't do what you said you were going to do. And I think people should always think about these things before they go out to vote. What did they promise me in the last election? And did they deliver? And if the answer is no, then it's time for change. And I do feel there is going to be big change here in the country when the election uh, takes place. Not long now, the 14th of May, so not long to go. Uh, Moving along. Chanbury hotels are struggling uh, with labour shortages amidst an influx of tourists, as if they didn't think they'd need staff, but nevertheless. Hotel bookings during the long weekend have been strong in Chanbury, but a major challenge for hotel operators is the shortage of employees. Due to this issue, many hotels had to close. High electricity bills, staff wages and other expenses have also contributed to the struggles of the hotel sector. 
The COVID-19 pandemic has caused labour shortages as many employees returned to their hometown or went to work abroad. This situation has created a significant shortage of workers in Chambury province, with more than 50% of hotel staff leaving, and that's according to INN. Ms. Uati Jirapat, Managing Director of Hotel J. Patia, has called on the government to address the issue of labour shortages by providing support to hotel operators. She also suggested that the Minister of Labour consider providing tax reductions and financial support to employees to encourage them to remain in the country and work in the tourism sector. Ms. Uati also urged the government to ensure the safety of hotels and increase staffing at airports to facilitate the travel of tourists. She believes this would boost confidence among foreign tourists and increase Thailand's income. Pattaya City is known for two markets, nightlife and family. While the number of family bookings has increased, some hotels have struggled to accommodate these visitors due to the shortage of employees. Ms. Utia hopes the government will work with all sectors to support the tourism industry and help it recover from the impact of the pandemic. Now, that's a bit rich coming from, I think, a lot of hotels, because at the end of the day, the government have done a lot. There was financial support at the beginning, though they cut that off after a few months. But they did do this We Travel Together scheme, which ran five times. And that was where the government basically paid 40% of the room rate, while the Thai domestic traveler paid 60%. Now, this was a huge success. The idea that, well, now we can't find employees, I think we need to look, and they need to look, more at why employees will not come back to the industry and there's many reasons for that number one low base salaries the salaries for hotel employees are basically minimum wage now i'm talking about roommates f&b workers even front office staff okay if you go up to managers and supervisors etc it does get a bit higher not every hotel also pays service charge so there's a lot of people just working for the bare minimum wage here in thailand in hotels but they charge especially charge europeans european prices and that's how it is. You know, if they're dealing with travel agents, they're they're charging a lot. And Europeans and Americans and whatnot are paying big rates to stay in hotels while the staff are paid a pittance. And that, in essence, is the truth. Why have people not come back to the industry? Well, as I said, number one, salaries. If you want people to come back into the industry, offer them a decent salary where they can live and not have to worry about having to get service charge and all the extras that come on top of that. Service charge is an extra. Your salary should be decent. It shouldn't be used as the incentive to come work for us. We'll all pay you minimum wage, but you're going to get a good service charge. So you should be fine there. The mentality sometimes is is all wrong. Now, the second thing, and one of the issues was a lot of workers have been treated very badly during COVID and probably decided they weren't going back to the hotel industry. Now, whether a lot of people know this or not, after when COVID struck, I think it was around April, when it started to really take hold here in Thailand in 2020, hotels in essence closed down. They were told to for the first three months and then they continued for quite a period after that. But what a lot of hotels did was they just let their staff go. They said, oh, you're finished. We can't stay open. You're in essence fired. And a lot of hotels didn't do the right thing by their staff, which was pay the compensation to let them go. So in essence, fired them and let them go. And I think that left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. And you can say, oh, well, you know, it was COVID, blah, blah. But at the time, nobody knew how long the hotels would be closed for. So you weren't really looking after your staff. Then also did the very same thing to a lot of foreign workers. When I talk about foreign workers, I talk about Filipino workers who were eager to continue to work in Thailand and eager, some eager to come back, but find it hard now. But at the end of the day, these workers were also let go and just told, well, there you go. You're done. There's no compensation 
as per the Thai law. And that's the compensation I'm talking about, your severance pay. That was all abandoned and uh, staff were basically kicked out of hotels and they all had to go back to the Philippines. And if you know the Philippines and getting out of the Philippines, if you want to work, it can be very difficult. Philip. Filipino immigration clamped down on this. They just don't allow their 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 citizens to leave the country freely. You have to have reasons and be able to show why you're while you're going. If you're going on a tourist visa to try work, they'll catch it and they won't let you leave. So that is another factor behind the lack of staff here in Thailand. And one of the things is they just need to decide what they want hotels. If you want staff to work, give them a good wage, make it easy for people to get work permits and their visas, etc. when they get to the country, because it's also a drawn out process. It's never easy. It depends on which immigration office you go to as well. I read about five or six months ago that the Thai Ministry of Labor had drawn up an MOU with the Philippines because the Philippines have so many really qualified hotel workers. And it would have been a great idea to be able to get Filipino workers to come here and work in the hotel industry and do it the right way and make things easy. But that never really panned out and immigration have never made things easy in the labor office. In fairness to labor offices here, they do their best to process work permits as quickly as possible. But the amount, the sheer amount of paperwork to get work permits for people is just ridiculous. Nevertheless, I think hotels need to get a grip. Now, if you can if you can't afford to stay open as a business, then I believe, well, you should probably go out of business. If you can't afford to pay your electricity bill, pay your staff, pay your utilities and your suppliers and all the other things that go with it, then you shouldn't really be open. And looking for government handouts to keep you open is certainly not the way forward. But that's just my opinion on it all and mine kind of my take on it all. But I'd love to know your opinion on what you think about this whole issue regarding the lack of service staff here in the hospitality industry. What do you think is the cause? Do you think that salaries should be increased to match the high room rates that hotels do charge? I'd love to know your opinion as always down below in that comment section. Now moving along, an interesting little article I thought I'd bring you today and it kind of give you a, a little taste of where we are in relation to cannabis here in Thailand, how confusing it's become, but it's coming out of the Bangkok Post and it's cannabis issues still causing jitters. Since the government legalized cannabis on June 9th, 2022, by removing the plant from the list of prohibited narcotics, the tourism sector was expected to reap a windfall, as Thailand was the first country in Asia to allow hemp consumption for certain purposes other than recreational use. A month after decriminalization, the Tourism Authority of Thailand published rules and regulations concerning cannabis and hemp use in the country in a bid to inform and warn tourists about prohibitions against smoking in public. The bid followed a number of reports about foreign tourists who possessed or consumed cannabis without knowing they could face harsh punishment. A Singaporean woman reportedly consumed cannabis mixed in soup while traveling in Thailand, mistaking its leaves for water spinach as there were no indications the plant was cooked in the dish. Similar cases were reported by members of the Association of Thai Travel Agents and the Thai Travel Agents Association as foreigners and their governments became more concerned about cannabis use in Thailand. Outbound tourists were reminded to refrain from packing cannabis mixed foods or ingredients while traveling to other countries such as hemp oil or cannabidal oil, which is popular among elders. The situation prompted Thai embassies and government authorities in many countries such as Indonesia, Japan, South Korea, China and Singapore to remind their citizens and residents to avoid cannabis use in any form. Concerns continue to mount as recreational use, which is against the law, was reported in several media stories. 
In January, the government issued the 10 things tourists need to know about cannabis in Thailand to improve visitors' understanding of what they can and cannot do with cannabis while in the country. According to a research article titled The Chinese Media Narrative of Thailand as a Tourist Destination After the Legalization of Cannabis, conducted by researchers from Chilinacorn University in April this year, Chinese netizens' comments showed a negative perception of the country as a travel destination after the legalization of cannabis use. There were strongly worded posts from the Chinese embassy prohibiting their citizens from carrying cannabis or cannabis-related products back to China or other countries. Now, the TAT governor, Yutisak Supasorn, said the agency listened to tourism operators and local communities about concerns over unclear regulations and the lack of a legal framework to control cultivation and usage. He said the intention of using cannabis as a spearhead for medical tourism last year was to rapidly boost the competitiveness of the country during the recent recovery period. However, amid a strong resumption of tourism, Mr. Yutaseg said existing tourism products should be adequate to strengthen the industry without relying on cannabis. If we could use cannabis for medical tourism promotion, it would complement the tourism industry, he said. However, as there were petitions from communities and growing unease among locals, the TAT has to follow the new government regarding the direction of cannabis promotion in the future. Mr. Yutasak said over the past several months, the TAT didn't seriously promote cannabis tourism. The agency only helped coordinate with the public health ministry on efforts to introduce a medical tourism route, he said. The importance of cannabis to the tourism industry could be rated 3 out of 10, as we already have strength in many aspects, while hemp could supplement what we already have, said Mr. Yurtusak. Now, Maria Sukasal, president of the Thai Hotel Association, said it is undeniable that the tourism sector has benefited from the legalization of cannabis to some extent since June. However, hotel operators voiced concern about the lack of detail regarding the rules. She said, for example, if there is cannabis smoking in hotel rooms, is there a law covering this and what is the punishment for illegal use? We haven't been educated on how to deal with such cases, said Miss Marisa. Now, the vice president of the TTAA said foreign arrivals of almost 40 million in 2019 proved that the Thai tourism can prosper even without promoting cannabis. He said the public outcry against cannabis legalization stemmed from loopholes in the legalization related to the plant's control. He was referring to many viral clips last year showing how adults or even young children could easily engage in smoking pot. Mr. Chutti Chung said the government should evaluate the situation thoroughly and weigh the economic benefits and threats to public safety after almost a year of legalization. He said he is worried legalization could mean more trouble than opportunities, particularly in terms of different policies regulating cannabis in neighboring countries. Tourists could be uncomfortable consuming different foods or drinks in Thailand, worried about being caught or randomly tested upon the return to their home countries, said Mr. Chuchuchung, in addition to possible side effects. Legalized cannabis can continue if we have clear regulations and take a step back to educate locals along the way, he said. For example, adopting zones for designated areas for cannabis use could be one option, as seen in many countries in Europe and the US. So that's pretty much the state of cannabis at the moment. There's actually no laws with it. And there's only like guidelines because the people within the Ministry of Public Health didn't think through a single thing when they decriminalized um, cannabis here in Thailand. Now, they talk about the next government. Well, pretty much the reason they're talking as they are, which very little hope, is that Thai Party, who are slated to win the next election and if they get into power, have already said 
that this whole recreational use, all these cannabis shops that are all paid, they will be closed. That cannabis will only be available for medicinal use. And also the Future Forward Party, they have said the very same thing. Most parties actually are against it. The only party that are really truly for it are the Bumjai Thai Party, which are the, their leader is the Minister of Public Health, Anotan Sharvakul. So he's the guy who introduced all this. And that's why he's been promoting it. And it came from the Ministry of Public Health. As I said, once somebody else different gets into government, we are going to see huge change, changes. Now, people, I think, are who've invested money in these businesses are going to lose a lot. But their time is now to make the money because soon it will become illegal again. I, I can nearly guarantee that. They have been, most people in Thailand do not agree with what has gone on here. And that is the fundamental problem in relation to cannabis. There was no real public consultation about this. There was no discussion. You're going to do something that, I mean, could potentially change society. And you never thought to ask the people of your country. But nevertheless, the next election in two weeks will be that question to the people because they will vote. And if they vote for the party that wants to get rid of it, I think that will be the answer. Now, moving along, Thailand's most beautiful lake runs dry after months of drought. The water level of Thailand's fourth largest freshwater lake, Quan Payao, dropped to just 5% as of Tuesday due to extended drought in the north. Provincial Governor Narang Ratasatorn said the water level has dropped from 55.65 million cubic meters to just 2.8 million and that he is getting the lake refilled with water channeled from nearby reservoirs. Kwan Payao or Payao Lake is the fourth biggest freshwater lake after Bung Parapat in Nakhon Soan. On Tuesday, Narang coordinated with the Royal Irrigation Department and other relevant agencies to channel some 2 million cubic meters of water from Maytam Reservoir into Kwan Payao. The Payao administration aims to channel another 250,000 cubic meters from the Bansong New Reservoir into the lake. Water in the lake is used for tap water and for irrigation purposes. The provincial administration said a long drought has caused the lake to run dry and its bottom to be overgrown with weeds. The dry lake has also made it impossible for tourists to visit Payao's top tourist attraction, a Buddhist temple built in the center of the lake. This prompted an outcry from locals. It is also affecting their source of income. In response to the complaints, the provincial administration chief had a temporary waterway dug up so boats could reach the temple. The lake covers an area of about 20,530 square meters and it is regarded as one of the most beautiful lakes in the north. And finally, some information for Phuket and for the rest of Thailand. Alcohol bans for election days have been confirmed. Now, Phuket Provincial Police Chief Major General uh, Serpan has confirmed that the ban on the sale of alcohol for the early voting to be observed this weekend and for the national general election on May 14th will be enforced to full effect. Under the election law, there will be a nationwide ban on the sale of alcohol from 6pm this Saturday, May 6th, through to 6pm Sunday, May 7th, for people to cast their votes in the advanced polling on Sunday. The following weekend, there will be a ban on the sale of alcohol from 6pm Saturday, May 13th, through to 6pm Sunday, May 14th, for the national general election being held on May 14th. The ban applies to all people in the country. Those caught violating the ban can face a result in a fine of up to 10,000 baht or even up to six months in jail or both. It is the law that everyone has to follow and police will enforce the law to ensure that the ban will be done properly, said the Major General. Both days for the advance voting and the general election, the sale of alcohol will be banned one day in advance. 
It is like the Buddhist holidays when the sale of alcohol is banned and everyone must respect that, he added. The nationwide bans on the sale of alcohol was initially announced through the National News Bureau of Thailand on April 26, noting that the bans were to avoid unnecessary incidents or complications. That is generally the case here in Thailand. No alcohol on election days or even local elections for like, you know, provinces, uh, small areas within that. So it, it is how it goes here now in general. If you're a tourist in a hotel, hotels will continue to serve alcohol. I've yet to hear of a hotel not serving alcohol during these periods. So if you fancy a drink, go check into a hotel for the weekend and you can booze away. But that's it for today, folks. Thanks again, as always, for tuning in. And we'll talk to you in the next couple of days. Uh, Thanks again and stay safe. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.